Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. Carol, how you doing tonight? I'm doing good, Holly. How have you been? I've been okay. It's been plenty cool here in Portland. <laughs> yeah, I'm so jealous. <laughs> yeah, except it's not. Yeah, you had AC. I did not. That's right. We had 115 degree temperatures, which is not, Portlanders cannot, no one can, no, we can't do that. We can't. We moved here because we don't like hot weather. No, usually our summers are 85-ish, mm-hmm. maybe 90. You'll notice that Oregonians can't handle cold or heat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we really have no tolerance for anything. Any wimps having to do with weather, <laughs> they move here because we have very mild winters and we have very cool, not not cool summers, but warm summers, not hot summers. Well, we used to have usually just like one bad week a year year in the summer, like one hot week. one bad week of winter, like ice or Mm -hmm. snow or something, and maybe that would be it. That would be it. But the rest of the time, it's rain, 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 yeah. I know. (laughs) (laughs) But we survived. on the rain. (laughs) Yeah. And it was literally being in hell. Yeah, because most uh, Portlanders don't have air conditioning. Yeah, nope. And we, we couldn't even, some restaurants we couldn't even eat out at because they had to shut down. They had to shut down. Their AC just couldn't keep up. I went swimming in the Clackamas River and it was literally warm. Oh, no, really? Yeah. I'm like, this is like walking into a heated pool. I mean, <laughs> it was that warm. I'm like, this is unbelievable. <laughs> My uh, my backyard neighbor had some fun um, flashing the whole neighborhood. Yeah. She she just couldn't take it. She was like, you know what? This shirt is coming off. That's what happens. The heat makes you go delirious and you just get naked. <laughs> but I mean, or, 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 Oregonians do that anyway. So I don't know if we can blame all of that on the heat. But yeah, I was like, too bad they didn't have the naked bicycle ride. Oh, they were supposed to, I think. And they canceled it. I don't know. Weren't they supposed to have it? Were they? I thought they were. I thought it's usually right around this time of year. And I heard them talking about it on the news, but I don't think they did it. Because could you imagine <laughs> putting your bare ass on a bicycle seat? Okay, that that's no a way. good point. That's a good point. <laughs> they probably canceled it. Maybe they moved it to a different weekend. I don't mm. know. Have you ever watched them drive by? They come down our street quite a bit. It's do a, they? It's a familiar path. Oh, uh, really? I know they do different ones every year. But yeah, I've, I've seen it. I've yeah. never participated. No. No. Really? I can't even really ride a bike, to be honest. <laughs> I can't either. I, my balance is so horrible. I went bike riding a couple of weeks ago and I made a fool of myself on multiple levels because I kind of crashed because I was too scared to turn. I thought I was going to fall over. So I just chose the crash. <laughs> and it was it was. That's bad. like a car. If you're yeah. going to get it right, just, yeah. just run I, into the curb. I was going, just run into the curb. I was going too fast. And I thought, if you try to turn, you're going to wipe out. And so I just, oh, I just got crashed into the tree over there. <laughs> I'm glad you're okay. I am too, but it was embarrassing. I'm not going to lie. So what do you got for us tonight? Well, I have an edition of Paranormal and Paranoid News. Cool. 
All right, you guys. So you know that even though um, this is probably not going to air for a few more weeks, um, most re recently we had our COVID-19 UFO disclosure came out. For those of you who are not familiar, the UAP Task Force or the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, which is the group tasked with writing this report, finally issued it on June 25th. And the tiny little nine page report basically says they know nothing. I know nine pages. Come on. Yep. That's all you could give us. Hero journalist George Knapp said two of those pages were index pages and one was a cover page. So it was even less than I nine know. pages. It was so weak. So, <laughs> so weak. bad. Essentially, the buildup to this report was all foreplay with a very disappointing climax at the end. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how I see it. <laughs> I oh. talk about an alien with a six pack the other day. So, you know, that's what I was anticipating. You were hoping for something sexy. We think there are aliens and they're super hot. That's what I thought the report was going to say, but it's not. So, you know, whatever. According to George Knapp, though, two reports were actually issued. The short head pat report to the public, which was the nine page ridiculousness. That's the one and, I saw. Yeah. And then a second report that was much longer that went to Congress, which I'm sure is where the meteor disclosures were made. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, some some real you know meat on the bone there. The report we got basically said the Navy only really started to track these UAPs starting in March of 2019. And later the Air Force joined in as well and tracked them starting in November of 2020. And uh, yeah, and I don't believe that for a minute. You think they've been tracking them longer than that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Since Roswell, yeah. at least. But they're claiming the information in this report was only using the data collected in the last year or two. And the information that they collected was usually um, around milita military. The information that they collected was from military encounters. So not a lot of civilian stuff. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. Yeah. But again, they probably, I mean, I feel like there is the superficial um, report. And then there's obviously the people that know like the Bob Lazar type stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And obviously that's not going to come out. So. But they did review 144 cases, and actually only one of them was confirmed to be a weather balloon, and the other 143 cases are still unknown, what, what it was they saw. The short report went on to say there were about five different categories that the UAPs fell into. These included airborne clutter, which includes stuff you might see in the air that could be accidentally misidentified, such as birds, drones, and balloons. The next category was natural atmospheric phenomena, which includes ice crystals and other weather-related issues. Hmm. The next category were developments and classified programs by U.S. entities. So I take that this category means any UFOs that they are testing out at Area 51 or S4 or any other top-secret bases in the U.S. Mm -hmm. The fourth category was foreign adversary systems. These are any UAPs from other countries. When we ask them, hey, do you happen to know what's flying over the skies of the U.S.? And they're like, no. Like they would have no idea. Yeah, like they would tell us. <laughs> you know what? That is our super duper new aircraft that you it's our drone that's spying on you no right. of course we have no idea they fly over our skies too it's just so weird it's like yeah uh-huh <laughs> so it could be a foreign adversary system the last category is just simply other 
which of course has everyone at Twitter with anticipation to understand that because it could be the category where alien UAP UFOs can reside. We just don't know what it is. It might be from another world, right? Right. Of the 144 UAPs, the report did say at least 18 of them had some kind of propulsion system that they could not identify and another 11 incidents in which a UAP nearly collided with a U.S. military plane. That's scary. Right. Well, you've seen some of the photos. They took them with their iPhones. I know. They were that so close. close. And yeah. I've even heard stories where sometimes they play chicken. Yeah. With our military aircraft. I, if I had superior technology, I probably would too. Mm-hmm. The report also noted that there were a lot of sightings, quote, around U.S. training and testing grounds, end quote. But the report also notes that this may be because of the fact that they were mostly talking to military personnel about these encounters and that there is a greater number of sensors at these bases to detect these UAPs in the first place. So, again, it's very heavily slanted toward what the military has encountered, not Mm -hmm. civilians. The report also indicates that the UAPs did demonstrate advanced technology and unusual flight characteristics, including, quote, remaining stationary in winds aloft, moving against the wind, maneuvering abruptly, or moving at considerable speed without discernible means of propulsion, end quote. And some of the military processed radio frequency energy that they believed were associated with the sightings. So of these 143 known cases, they believe each one of them will fall into one of those categories. Um, And of course, they don't know for sure what they are or how to find out, but they're asking for more money. Of course they are. Right. And they want more encouragement in reporting these encounters, especially in the military and more technology and more sensors to track these UAPs. Are they worried at all that they don't yes. know what yes. this is? And They're do they very have worried? Do they have any theories at well, this point? Those are the five categories of theories, essentially, because they don't really know what they are. But those are the five categories that they could be. So yeah, they're very worried because there's shit flying over the United States that are, could be a possible threat, and they don't know what to do to counteract it because their technology is clearly so much more advanced. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they're freaked out. Which is nice that they're finally coming forth and admitting to all of this because for so long it was like deny, deny, deny. Yeah, and they made us all feel crazy for like even thinking there could be. I guess there's a sense that if they they were to acknowledge this, that there would be a mass panic. Mm -hmm. But I don't think the mass panic will happen until the spaceships start landing and the little green men come out and start rounding us up and (laughs) getting Mm -hmm. ready for the apocalypse or whatever's going to happen. But. Yeah, and there's also no reason really to think that they might be hostile because, I mean... They could have already attacked. they could have attacked us so easily so many times. And if you believe people like Travis Walton, who was like, you know what? I don't think they were ever trying to hurt me when he was on the spaceship. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm going to go with that they're they're nice. They're benign. Turns out scientists, Carol, have just discovered that DNA strands can recognize each other from a distance and mobilize towards one another, totally freaking out the scientific community. (laughs) DNA can? Because I knew that like um, certain uh, quantum physics uh, particles 
like photons can can communicate at a distance, but I didn't know DNA. DNA. Based off of what they know of science, DNA strands should not be able to do this. According to ACS Journal of Physical Chemistry B, quote, amazingly, the forces responsible for the sequence recognition can reach across more than one nanometer of water, separating the surfaces of the nearest neighbor DNA, end quote. The scientists do not know how the two intact double DNA strands are communicating with each other, but it has got the scientific community totally excited. This will help scientists to ultimately treat things like cancer, aging, and other health issues people have. But from a paranormal perspective, this magical telepathic communication may explain why you are attracted to certain people Mm -hmm. or you end up being drawn to certain interests, careers, or places to live, and it can also show proof of mass consciousness. And it also shows why so many men are attracted to double Ds also. (laughs) (laughs) Nicely done. That was pretty good. (laughs) The double Ds mystify all the scientists. All of that DNA is right there in your breasts, and the men are like, wow. I and they feel all their DNA just go a tingle over that. <laughs> it's so funny. I can just I can just hear them whispering at night. Yeah, I bet you can. <laughs> the, the DNA strands. <laughs> it's so funny, but but isn't that interesting though? Um, so interesting. I guess I always believe like that when you're throughout your life there are people that you meet at random and there are people that you meet that you're supposed to meet because those people come into your life and change it on some level so I have to wonder if your DNA sees something in that person's DNA that attracts you to each other yeah I know that like supposedly our chemical we send out chemicals that attract people I know you've studied this too like Mm -hmm. with psychology and all of that um, but what if it goes deeper? Because uh, there there was a lot of our DNA that they didn't understand. I know they mapped out the whole genome and everything. Right. Yeah. But there's certain areas of our DNA that are just junk DNA. And they well, don't understand what, they, what that is. They don't know what that is yet. Perhaps it's something else. Yeah. Maybe that is the telepathic part of ourselves the secret ghost box that's talking to yeah. our friends. Yeah. Maybe it's a part of us that we haven't developed yet. Right, maybe it was deactivated on some level a long time ago, yeah. and we just haven't learned to activate it. Didn't people used to have tails, and that we evolved away from needing them, so they just stopped being in our body? Isn't yeah. that true? Yeah, I mean, you can. You, I've met people where they've had their tail, like had a little tail, had born a little with tail, a little tail, and they had to snip it off. I don't know if they snipped it off, but it was like a little bump at the end of their spinal cord that was kind of almost like a tail forming. My next story is about Mike Madman Markham. Ooh. <laughs> You've got my attention, Holly. Yep. Mike Madman Markham. That's right. Sounds sexy, right? Um, do you remember Art Bell? Of course I remember Art Bell. Legendary Art Bell. How many sleepless nights have I had with curled Art up, Bell? Curled up with Art Bell. Well, when he was alive and he hosted Coast to Coast AM, he had a guy call in named Mike Madman Markham. Madman Mike lived in Stanbury, Missouri, and he told Art in early 1995 that he was building a time machine. 
He said that he began to build a machine in which he used a CD laser between two poles that caused the air resistance to decrease. He said when he experimented with this machine, he saw a circular shape open up that appeared to be a vortex. So he tossed a screw through it. He claimed it disappeared, the screw disappeared, but then reappeared a second later, but it was further away by a few feet. Hmm. This made him believe that he had opened up some kind of time travel tunnel. So this is kind of, he just was experimenting with this laser and all of a sudden he sees his vortex and he throws a screw through it and it seems to leap forward in physical geography and he's like, huh. I think I can time travel through this. <laughs> so so there you go. That's how it kind of starts. And so um, he wanted to time travel himself, but he had to have a bigger version of the machine so he could actually fit through, through it himself. Yeah. Um, and he wanted to go into the future and get the winning lottery numbers. Ah, yes. That is a very good goal to have. It, it is, right? Yeah. But he needed to get more power. So he ended up stealing six... 300 pound transformers from a power Whoa. station in Missouri. Yeah, he was not to be deterred. He was going to do this. <laughs> As he continued to experiment with his new kegs of power, he caused mass blackouts in the town where he lived. Oh, Mark, you were so well liked. Right. Unfortunately, his town sheriff, Eugene Lepfer from Gentry County, I don't know why I'm using this guy's name, <laughs> but let's just say, unfortunately, the town sheriff from Gentry County arrested him for stealing the Transformers, which slowed down his progress on his time machine. He did his time in prison, however, and when he got out, that's when he went on to Coast to Coast AM and told Art of his plans to move forward on his time machine. So he said he wanted to try to do it again, but this time he wanted to make a legal time machine. So he needed money and parts to build it. And of course, the Coast to Coast listeners did not disappoint. He was inundated with money and with parts and ideas to try. So he was finally set to build his time machine that would be much more powerful than his last attempt. So was this guy's background, was he a scientist? Um, I I don't remember. I actually wrote this one up a long time ago, and then yeah. I haven't used it yet. And I want to say, well, he was very, very, very smart. Um, I want to say he was an engineer, but I'm not entirely mm -hmm. sure about that. But yeah, he was pretty smart. Cool. So a year later, he goes back on to Coast to Coast AM, and he tells Art, okay, Art, my time machine is just about ready to launch. I'm about 30 days away from being fully ready to go. So Art was like, well, okay. Um, he goes, I'm going to travel, I'm going to go into the vortex and I'm going to travel into the future. So Art was like, so what are you going to take with you? And he's like, I'm just going to take my cell phone. <laughs> that's all he's going to take. That's all I'm going to take. It's just my cell phone. So huh. Mike Madman Markham disappeared in 1997 and no one has seen him again. <laughs> okay. So here's where the story what? gets a little weirder though. Uh, not long after he disappeared, someone else called Art Bell to tell him that he had been going through some old police stories from the 1930s. Mm -hmm. In one of the stories, a man was found dead on a California beach. He was found crushed inside a metal tube. His body could not be recognized. And the police also found a weird device next to his body. This device resembled a cell phone. Ooh. Kind of creepy. But then... I did further d digging on this case. I found a forum thread 
from Above Top Secret, that was the name of the thread, uh-huh. that someone else had claimed that Markham actually ended up surviving his time travel attempt. Their story goes that he had received $20,000 in donations and $1 million worth of equipment and access to a Kansas City warehouse to build this machine, which is what he did. When it was raidy, he practiced sending guinea pigs through the portal and would find them outside of the warehouse in the parking lot. So in 1998, he jumped into the vortex himself and arrived in Ohio in the year 2000. It took him a few months to regain his memory, and when he did, he returned to the Kansas City warehouse, but all of the stuff was gone. The, po- the poster of this, of this thread claims that Markham actually lives in Ohio currently. I mean, either he legitimately disappeared, mm-hmm. or he ended up dead on a California beach, or he actually time-traveled to Ohio in 2000, and I don't know if he got the lottery numbers or not. Or the whole thing was bullshit and he never did anything of the sort. I don't know. Those are our options. Yeah, because he raised all that money. And if his whole goal was to win the lottery, maybe he's like, what am I doing? I should just sell all this equipment for a million dollars Yeah, and retire with you know my what? winnings. That wouldn't be a bad idea. Maybe we should go on to Coast to Coast and tell George Nori that we are also planning to build a time machine. Mm-hmm. And if the listeners of Coast to Coast could just send them some money, they would just do a background <laughs> check on us and be like, mm, "I know those girls. They do not I don't have a science they, background. I don't think they can build a time machine. No, that's one thing I wouldn't experiment with because of the Philadelphia experiment, which I know you've heard. Yeah, and just if that's even remotely true, those men died a horrible death on that ship. Now, didn't they end up with? Different body parts yes. in different areas and stuff. That's yes. pretty fucked up. Like melded to the metal of the ship. Uh, Could you imagine? Uh-uh. Uh, it scrambles your you're, DNA. You're, it's, yeah, it fucks you up. You're, it marries you to an object. Like, oh, yeah. Physically marries you. Yeah, it's one thing to toss a screw through a portal. <laughs> yeah. An inanimate object. Or a guinea pig. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. I've got one last story. And then we'll do our little tarot. Awesome. Um, Have you heard of the John Lawson house? No. Do tell. This is a house in New Hamburg, New York, uh, that is known as the John Lawson house because the guy who built it was called, you guessed it, John Lawson. (laughs) Okay. All right. I was going to say John Lawson. And then I'm like, wait, there must be a catch to this. It can't be that obvious. It can't be that easy. Um, Thanks for making that so easy for me. You're welcome. Um, This house has made... The creepy list for many online paranormal YouTubers and TikTok stars because from 2003 to 2015, three mannequins lived on the front porch of the home. (laughs) We see that every day in Portland. I know, we do. Um, The mannequins were interesting as they were done up in different outfits and posed with different items, such as birdcages, books, and towels. Their outfits and poses would change from time to time. Sometimes when it rained, they did not make an appearance outside. <laughs> this is well, that not, was nice of him yeah. to bring his mannequins indoors. This is not the unusual part of the story, of course. Because oh, okay. anyone who lives in Portland knows it is not uncommon no. to see mannequins in people's windows or sitting out on their porches. No. It's very common you here. see that every day. Exactly. Or gargoyles on people's porches. Or couches. A lot of people have couches on couches. their porches. Yep. Mm-hmm. So the weird thing about these mannequins is that no one ever saw who put them out there or who changed them around on the porch. 
Since the area had some tragic history associated with it, people believe the mannequins were connected to these events. The tragedies included a collision between two trains that occurred in 1871 that created a terrible fire with 22 lives lost. The crash happened pretty close to this house. And again, in 1877, another fire broke out in the town that claimed the majority of the structures in the town, except the Lawson House survived that too. Of course, people ascribe the mannequins to relating to these events, believing that they were possessed by the spirits of some of the victims related to these tragedies. The mannequins seem to gaze off in the directions these events had occurred, or so the speculation goes. The author on a website called theghostinmymachine.com was able to track the sales records of the house and found that the owners who owned the home from 2003 to 2015 also were the owners of said mannequins. But it Hmm. still does not solve the mystery as to why they had them on their porch all those years or why no one ever saw them move them around. And this this house is not in a remote area where there's not much population? It looks like it's in a a downtown of a small town. Mm -hmm. That's what it looks like. And you know small towns, they know everything about everyone at all hours of the day. I think it was just a creepy, because mannequins are creepy. And so I think it was just one of those things where people saw them, probably not used to it in their their town at all, because the town's probably relatively small. I didn't look to see what the population was. And they just never saw anyone come and take the mannequins, put them out, move them around, dress them, nothing. So it just built up a mystique around it. That's what I think probably happened. But um, it's just kind of a fun, kind of a creepy story. And there's photos of it online, the mannequins sitting out on the porch. I mean, it's just kind of weird. People are weird. But don't, didn't they try and interview the owner? No, the guy that figured all this out that that they had owned the mannequins and everything he didn't want to bother them because they're private citizens and so he just he didn't oh my gosh yeah that's the first thing we should do get a hold of the people with the mannequins what the fuck were you thinking be like do you know that you are causing a worldwide internet sensation with your mannequin don't you know that mannequins people that own mannequins should be living in portland oregon because that's where most mannequin owners live in the wrong place (laughs) you're in the wrong town we've got to do astral cartography on you (laughs) that's right clearly your ley lines need to be here in portland with all the weird people your spirit animals are here in portland what are you doing in new york i believe mannequins can be possessed i mean if any object right it would be a mannequin because mannequins yeah i used to as a kid i mean some of the scariest stories i would read are about malls being empty yeah and like they get stuck in a mall after hours and, and now, the mannequins come to life and now malls are empty so that malls could happen are your, empty your worst nightmare could happen well anyway what should we do our tarot reading on tonight i don't care you pick um, well, the we've time done... travel guy. Yeah, I was leaning towards that. Um, maybe we could do is time travel possible? We should ask if he's alive or if he's faked it or what happened with him. Yeah, let's ask what really happened with Mark, Mike, Mike, Madman Markham, Mike, Madman Markham. Yes, what really happened there? Let's ask the tarot cards. Let's do it. We'll be right back. Carol. Tell us your deck and what you got. I'm using the Crow Tarot. Oh. <laughs> you said like um, Schitt's Creek. Um, uh, Kath- Catherine O'Hare, she did that movie called The Crows Have Eyes. Oh. And that's how she, she had a crow, like a crow. That's what it sounded like. That's funny. 
Uh, I eat crow, Holly. Crow! Crow! crow. The Crow Tarot by Colonane. MJ Colonane. I hope I'm saying your name right. Thank you for your tarot contributions. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the art on this. Of course, every card has a crow on there. Of course it does. Or a raven. Did you see the I movie, The crow, crow, with Brandon yes. Lee? It was so good. So good. So good. So good. So good. Loved it. <laughs> it was just okay. We should just, yeah. do, we should just do scary and awesome movie reviews. You're right. We should. <laughs> no more tarot readings. No more. I'm just joking. Actually, we... Um, I'm excited about this tarot reading Good. tonight. Awesome. Me too. Because I have clear answers, folks. Very clear. The Page of Swords is what I drew for my first card. And if Mike, Mad Mad Markham is listening, we know what you did. We know. Or we know do. that you attempted with great energy to go forward with your time machine. That is evident with the Page of Swords. Yep. The Page of Swords is all about action taking action and great energy and also learning the page of swords mm -hmm. is about collecting yeah. information and getting doing the work right yeah. and then the next is the page of wands which it is reversed which means his uh project came to a screeching halt mm -hmm. he was not able to make it successful even with all his equipment and all his research and it failed mm -hmm. um so the page of wands is showing a stalled project mm -hmm. Um, maybe information that he was trying to, you know, interpret got, you know, he got confused about and didn't end up dead though. I'm not seeing any death cards in my draw. I'm right. ending with the magician card, which is all about illusion and fakery. So perhaps he was, um, just so embarrassed that he couldn't make it work. He raised all the money and equipment and he decided to just disappear Perhaps. Make like a magician and just <laughs> <Poof>. disappear. <laughs> Poof. Yeah. Yes. Mike, we're going to hunt you down. No, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm hoping you're living your life and yeah, doing it's well. Came to no pass. I am using the Witch's Tarot by Ellen Dugan and Mark Evans. Thank you for your contribution to the tarot industry. Um, I have a very similar reading to you, Carol. I got the Keen of Swords. Oh, the, my first card, which matches your page of swords. That is taking big action. That's having big thoughts, connecting dots. You're you're figuring it out. You're mm -hmm. doing the math. Everything's logical and analytical. And here's how I'm going to do it. And here's how I'm going to plan it. Right. I'm going to take action. I'm going to move forward. This is going to be a thing that's going to happen. And the king is an expert. And the king is an expert. And I think this guy was pretty smart, mm -hmm. too. But then we go into the Knight of Pentacles. And to me, the Knight of Pentacles is you dig your heels in and mm -hmm. you stop. There's a stop of momentum. There is a, a I'm not budging. Um, there is a, I would like to, but I'm not going to. There is a direct energy stoppage with this card. Now, typically the Knight of Pentacles is someone who does the work monotonously day after day after day, but it can also mean um, if you're in a negotiation with somebody that you are not willing to negotiate, you just dig your heels in and you stay locked in. So I think he had every intention of doing it, but then he got to the point where he needed to do it and he stopped. And I think the reason he stopped is because of the last card I got, which is the Empress. Ooh. I think his mother 
pulled him aside and said, I don't want you to fucking do this. Oh, his sweet mama. His mom is a very powerful figure here. And as you can see here, the Knight of Pentacles is looking directly at her. Um, I think she probably said, I think what you're doing is dangerous and reckless and I don't want you to do it. And he's like, but mom, I really want to. And she was like, no. And she has a very big influence over him. I think she talked him down. So I pulled one extra card just as a clarifier and I got the Queen of Swords, mm. which is another highly intellectual, smart female around him. Very strong personalities, both the Empress and the Queen of Swords. So I think that represents another female coming forward, maybe a sister, maybe a girlfriend or a friend who's a contemporary who came forward to him and was like, hell no, you're not doing this. Are you kidding me right now? So I think he got bullied out of doing it by the women in his life. Wow. That's what I, what I would say. I think that's a good interpretation. You think I'm so buying much. it. All right. So that's what we think. We don't think he actually did it. And we think he's alive somewhere. Probably in the Midwest. Probably living in his mom's basement. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that does it for us, you guys. Raising a guinea pig farm. <laughs> good night, guys. Have a good night. Uh, the report did say at least 18 of them had some kind of propulsion. Oh, my God. <laughs> Propulsion, propulsion, Pro propulsion. Propulsion, propulsion, fuck, for propulsion. For sake. <laughs> but the report also notes that the, 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 I'm really struggling. The report also indicates that the UAPs did demonstrate advanced technology. Oh my God. That's a lot of words, though. You know, it's not words we typically say. I, I, I Maybe my writing's too long and I got to make short, shorter sentences. It's like a technical writing report. <laughs> It is just too much shit, Carol. It's too much. We got off the gold standard and we, we haven't got been the, on it for a long time. We got off the gold teat. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, Josh, cut, <laughs> cut all that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. And $1 million worth of equipment and access to a Kansas City. Oh, Jesus Christ. Please don't yeah. write and tell me I'm a terrible person. No, you're not. We know you're not. Guinea pigs are expendable. I'm <laughs> just joking. <laughs> okay, Josh, Josh, you need to cut all that. Yeah. <laughs> I love animals. As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts and all dolls are definitely haunted. guys be sure to follow us on instagram our handle is at fireside phantoms if you have a spooky story you would like to share with us send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode